Welcome to the Nerdoplexy Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we normally break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man, but the spooky season is upon us. It's October, which means we will be taking a look at some of the best horror franchises out there and watching their eighth movie. Helping me out on this spooktacular journey is my longtime friend and frequent. Uh, I didn't come up with anything better this time. Corpse guns. Corp, corpse spear. No, that's the same thing I did last time. It's Sam. Like a bad horror movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us by haunting the social media house. It's Dave. Holy sugar, we did it. I was early in the movie. I wrote that myself. It's just PG. Sit back, relax, and grab your Nokia cell phone as we dive into Hellraiser 8 Hellworld. Yeah, baby. Nokia 3210. I had that one. That was one of mine. Same. Hellworld is is my least favorite sequel uh, to Spice World. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, <laughs> scary Spice in both. Not very sporty, I was going to say. Sporty Spice is the Cenobite with the bands. Okay, so this one was released direct to video, I believe. Oh, yeah. And it was... <laughs> direct to video game. Yes. I wish. Let's get that out of the way. There ain't no video game in this video game movie. Yeah, they don't show it. They show it, and I wish they wouldn't have, because it's like four weird clicks. And I would have given you that. The video that they show of them like playing a version of the game would have been awesome if that was the video game they were playing in the original Hellraiser, like 1985 or something. The only clicks there are, it's like, go through a door. Here's the puzzle box. Solve the puzzle box, which... Clicked on it. You click on it. (laughs) You solve the puzzle box. (laughs) Here's your invitation to this weird party. Don't print it twice, though. No guests. Well, we have been invited. This movie was released September 6, 2005, directed by Rick Botta, starring Catherine Winnick, Christopher Jaycott, Henry Cavill for some fucking reason. Right? Superman. No mustache. Lance Henriksen and, of course, Doug Bradley. Lance Henriksen's most famous role. Yeah. Well, you say, of course, Doug Bradley, but he was not in the next one. This is his last one. There's one more coming. Well, I'm not saying he won't ever be in one again, but this is the last one. I was going to say, is he dead? (laughs) No, he's not. He's fine. They don't actually talk about the video game at all, and I would have forgiven that, but it's definitely 2005. But it was filmed in 2002, and in the meta, it makes sense, because if those four clicks were the whole video game, that would have driven me insane, too. I may have set myself on fire if I was like, this is what I was waiting for? (laughs) Well, those four clicks, they were all it took to digitally open the world to hell, the hell dimension. It's not as strong as actually opening the puzzle box. That should explain a little bit of what you didn't like later. Let's not get into spoiler territory for Hellworld, Hellraiser 8. 2005, I think I'm well within my statute. 2002, that's pretty early then. I'll cut a little slack about that. It was filmed in tandem with number seven. It's one of the five IMDb trivia facts. You know whenever the trivia facts are that sparse, it's because it's very bad and nobody has seen it. Yes, well, you know what else is bad is Henry Cavill's accent. Even worse than Henry Cavill's accent, the Allison character's accent. You say that, but it, by all indications now, she's not a very famous actress. It looks like she's from London. Because I thought, this is a really bad British accent. <laughs> <laughs> 
it felt like a forced British accent. Maybe she was trying to do a bit and doing like a Welsh accent or something because she sounded crazy. If you think about like if we tried to do what would be considered an American accent would be like a southern accent and we would make that sound bad. So maybe she picked a different suburb. She's trying to not do like a London or something. Yeah. Maybe she's like real cockney. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> I could be wrong, though. I mean, I just looked at her Twitter and the thing says London on it. But maybe that's just where she lives. There's her doing, maybe doing an accent, maybe not, I don't know. And then there's the cop character who's clearly from wherever they filmed this, which is like Bulgaria or something. Romania. He was very clearly, I mean, he was doing a great job. Yeah, he did his best. But it was pretty obvious. Yeah, Victor McGuire, police officer number one. Not a bad gaslighter. Oh, he's in Lockstock. He's Gary. That's fun. He's definitely doing a bit, and I don't know if it's on purpose or not. He's like trying to be New York cop. Oh, maybe that's it. A lot of people doing a lot of stuff here, and I think that's fine. Swinging for the fences. You're filming a movie in Romania. It's Hellraiser 8. You kind of have an idea that this isn't going to be the best thing you ever do in your career, or you hope. A lot of these folks went on to much better careers. I mean, Henry Cavill being one. Lance Henriksen already had a pretty good career before this no accounting for why he did this i think he's just doing a favor boy is he having fun i think he just likes making movies he's just having a big old blast because <laughs> like if you need to lend some gravitas to a horror movie and your horror movie is going to be released direct to video you can get lance hendrickson to come on set for one day and be like you're all gonna die and you're like great lance thank you baby Mwah, perfect Loving that. Loving that energy. He does undercut that later in the movie, but... Well, he's really playing in the space here. He's got an earring. The earring is a great touch. Um, The last girl character, she's in Vikings for several seasons. Oh, no. Um, Lagartha. So she's kind of like one of the main characters for the first few seasons, yes. Porn parody named Lagartha. Ha, nice. And Derek, he's in... Maximum Derek. He's Ezekiel in Walking Dead. Most of these folks didn't stick around, probably because whoever cast him in Walking Dead and whoever cast Henry Cavill as Superman had never seen this movie. Or they're big Clive Barker fans. I think it's what you actually, you had mentioned earlier when we were watching Samaritan, where people have these build-up movies. Because Henry Cavill's in this, and he's doing pretty good. And you can like kind of see Henry Cavill that will be around 20 years later now. He's an old chunk of coal. He'll be a diamond someday. <laughs> yeah you can see that for a lot of these folks as well so it seemed like this is pretty early in a lot of their careers and I, I think they all do pretty well i mean i was pretty impressed with the overall caliber of the main cast so let's get into all their roles so there's a couple different characters we've got chelsea who is your final gal then we have the deceased who is adam and were jake and adam related somehow I think they were just best buds. He knew him before he found this hell world circle of friends. I see, I see. And then everybody else. So then you have Allison, Derek, and Chelsea. That's the rest of the hell world MMO crowd. I was just thrown off because Jake came in a suit, you know, and he seemed like he, I don't know. I, I thought that they were brothers or something, but that wouldn't make sense because of the absentee father, which they mention at the ceremony as well. There's a moment where one of, where I think Jake says to the Adam character, he says, I hope you're in a better place. And no, he was absolutely, certainly not in a better place. He's mixed up in Hellraiser business because let's just jump way ahead. He found a box, right? This guy, Adam, had a box. He found the physical puzzle box, which is why he gets got first. Nobody else 
can do it until... Is it considered getting got if you dig a hole and set yourself on fire? Well, that was what I was wondering. Did he find the box? Did he open the box? Because if he would have opened the box, wouldn't a Pinhead have just absconded with him? Not always. Yeah, I don't think he opened it. I think he found it. I think they just, they're just they just playing fast and loose. And then he lit himself on fire so not to tempt himself to open it. There's not really a science to it. Well, you know, this is what we do on the show. We've got to fix it in our head can. And I was just wondering, because I know Dave is a big Hellraiser head. We should actually talk about that maybe before we go on. I saw this movie when it came out on DVD. Did you watch this one in sequence? Yeah, I had gotten the first seven and found out the eighth one was coming out. So I skipped classes at IUP and watched all seven of them. And then when that came out, I bought it and watched it with my uh, dorm neighbor who got me into Hellraiser. I don't know anything about Hellraiser. <laughs> I haven't watched a single Hellraiser. I may never watch another Hellraiser again because I'm Sino bitten twice shy. Hellraiser 2 is so good. <laughs> it's so good. A scene of it and very good, very good, very good joke. Pinhead would love that kind of humor. You got to go back. One and two are phenomenal. They're right up there with any of the big names. At least the first two are very good. The one with the Cenobite that launches CDs. That's three. Oh, that's three. That's early. Wow. Hell yeah. And then four is a clip show of the other three, but it's in space and it's so good. Okay, so I've seen <laughs> one through four for sure. That's so ballsy, though. I do like that. For a feature film, that is so ballsy to be like, we're just going to cut together stuff from the last Yeah, that's what they did. We did this And then they had a couple of interstitials with like in space, and it was so good. I loved every second of it. Could I just watch that one? You couldn't do that to yourself. One and two are so good. For sure. I'll make a play for three. Now, let me ask you this, Sam. Do you dig Clive Barker? Is he one of your guys? I'm a little baby in the world of Clive Barker. What else is Clive Barker known for? He's done some real bangers. He mostly just writes the story and it'll be like Clive Barker's whatever, whatever. But it's just basically based on his story. I'm sure I've seen it on things. He was the writer on Candyman. Okay. He's the writer on Nightbreed. Like Candyman. Not 100% on that one. I'm fairly certain I've seen it, but it's been a while. Dude, Nightbreed is a absolutely wild one. It's like weirdo X-Men, but like so much weirder. It's very good. There's a serial killer and it has a very cool mask. I'm a sucker for a cool mask. There's a lot of cool masks in this one. He wrote Gods and Monsters, that 1998 Ian McKellen movie. It's worth watching. Lord of Illusions also is a very good one if you guys have never seen that. Is that the sequel to Prestige? <laughs> It is about magicians, yeah. Scott Bakula, Kevin J. O'Connor. Say some more. <laughs> if you were looking at the pictures of them, you would absolutely recognize them because Daniel Von Bargen is also in it, playing a character named Nix, who is a uh, cult leader, but he's just like a chubby schlub guy. and He just like wears a cardigan. It's very good. It's a very good movie. I mean, I got to say, you haven't sold me. <laughs> of Seinfeld fam, he works for the Yankees, Daniel Von Bargen. Oh, okay. He's a Seinfeld guy. Okay. If you were to watch any of them, I would say certainly Hellraiser 1 and 2 are the, where you should start. Nightbreed is... <laughs> that one's wild. It is wild, and it is <laughs> worth it, because they... There's just like weird monster men that live underground and there's one guy who can transform into monster mode. So he's not a monster all the time. He's like the main character of the movie. I saw it on HBO as a kid one time and the whole time I was watching it, I was going, what the fuck is this? I was like 12 being totally flummoxed by a movie. The director's cut fixes a lot of what's wrong with the theatrical and I would suggest that one if you can get your hands on it. So anyhow. Topless bro shovels a hole 
at the very beginning, and then he, we find out he's dead. They're at the funeral. This guy's all burnt up. We find out that Jake, friend of Adam the deceased, is no fan of the MMO crew, Adam's other friends, gamer crew, and he does not mince words with them. And two years pass, and the girl who was dating Adam, I guess, she has a dream that she was at that funeral, and she opened the casket, and the dude's face is just jacked up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the monster, one of the Cenobites from later, but just in human clothes. We do get a little Chekhov's inhaler <laughs> at the funeral. There are so many Chekhov's things in this. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of premeditation. Ridiculous. Contrivances. Could you imagine being addicted to that game? Anyway. I don't know. I play Minecraft. I click on the same four things all the time. It's like an Encarta CD-ROM game. There's a game called Pandora's Box that came out on Windows 98. Yes. Doesn't work on any other operating system, by the way. That's the kind of shit. It's very mist-like, too. Basically, a series of puzzle boxes, but it looks just like that. It's not good. It doesn't look good, and I don't know how anyone would be obsessed with that. At that point, I wish they just wouldn't have shown me anything. I think those four clicks was literally just a way to get to your invite. It wasn't the game. No. There's no proof of a game, is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They never show you the game because it was 2002. When it gets to Allison and Derek, it cuts to them, and he's, like, coaching her. He's like, quick, get into the door. There's a wall walker right behind you, which I guess is probably a character from the earlier game because we get a quick Hell World explainer right as Mike shows up, right after the fake dream. He, like, says, like, a quick two minutes explaining the whole history of Hell World and, like, the previous movies. And also the game itself and when he logs in. And not dissimilar to Jason Takes Manhattan, he comes in wearing a Cenobite mask. Doesn't scare in the slightest. Yeah, a lot of similarities. He does a quick summation of the series so far. So as to say, remember whenever your ex-boyfriend, only ex because he's deceased, got so obsessed with the game I'm wearing a mask for? It was to show how cynical she was, how much like she didn't believe any of this shit was real so that it would get her much better later. Her immediate response to that was like, <laughs> uh, obviously I wasn't scared, Mike, because I didn't have the puzzle box and I didn't open the puzzle box under this thing. So therefore, a Cenobite could not possibly appear. Yeah, I think thou doth protest too much. It seems like you do believe in the lore. You know enough about it. You're hitting him with a lot of serious lore. She doesn't take it seriously. She says it's just like any other ultra-violent, 24-hour, widely popular, yet utterly purposeless embraced by the masses internet role-playing game. You know Lord of the Rings, and you also know that it's not real. Yeah, but if a fucking orc showed up at my door, I would be like, obviously, you, an orc couldn't be at my door because it's daylight out, as opposed to, obviously, it can't be an orc. Because it's not fucking real. That's what we're saying here. Her argument is extremely flawed. It's not that a Cenobite couldn't be here because a Cenobite is not real. And also, you can't be afraid of anyone wearing a mask. That's inherently fucking scary. That's very true. Someone knocks on your door and shows up in a Halloween mask. I don't care if it's Richard Nixon. I'm afraid. I'd be more afraid if it was Richard Nixon. He's dead. (laughs) I think he meant the mask. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) I did. If Richard Nixon was there wearing a mask a and pulled mask? off a scary a set of masks, yeah, I would double take. That's a good twist. You're writing a better movie. Do you think that's what the hell world writers were saying? Like, hey, this writes itself. That's why it wasn't so cohesive. I think they just hung a pencil from the ceiling and actually just let it write itself. <laughs> so they all get this invitation to the hell world party. I'm guessing you have to then logged into your account, though, because I think that's why it says one guest, because... 
Mike comes over and does it on her account. And to Sam's point, she's like, I don't do that shit anymore. And he hops on her computer and is like, uh, he like double clicks and is like, I'm in the game, bitch. You're, you're still in it. So the most unbelievable part of this movie is everybody has a working printer next to their computer in 2005. Yeah, those are some high gloss prints, too. Yeah, these are photo prints. Glossy photo prints. I still don't have one of those. It's the only unbelievable part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a secret convention slash party for the best players of Hellworld, I guess. You found the Easter egg. You can go to the secret party. So Chelsea thinks it's an absolute bullshit and childish, but goes still because obviously she's in it. And we get a nice little road trip montage just because you got to eat up some time somehow. There's a lot of very like 90s cues. I mean, it being 2002 makes a lot of sense. That makes a little bit more sense timeline wise. You could kind of tell with the, the Jake's chain wallets multiple and his long sleeve shirt under his short sleeve shirt. That's coming back. So are Jenko jeans. At least I'm starting to wear it again. Flares are coming back. They finally arrive at the Hell World party, and we have a little meta moment here where there is some gratuitous nudity, and Derek and Mike point out that, yes, there was gratuitous nudity, and... Gratuitous titshot. Mike says, necessary titshot. Lance Henriksen meets the gang, and he escorts them on, like, a private tour or something. I don't know. The pretense of him separating them is very strange and it seems also did he hire all those extras to do the party are they actual people there at the party it seems like he's the one who threw this event this is the fifth one so does he just kill a couple of people every time this is a very targeted party they're the only real people at this party spoiler no spoiler I don't know if that's true they see the people well that's what I mean did he hire extras for the beginning okay so let's just say but how did this man get this like thing in game or whatever that's what i want to know it was the website it wasn't in the game even that he programmed all that who is this man it doesn't make any sense it's all very silly there's a lot of people at this party so let's go ahead suspend disbelief how popular is this game let's say very popular in world if it's like at this point in time if it's like world of warcraft level popular that's feasible. I mean, you sent invites out to college kids, but like, hey, exclusive wow party. I don't know that there's that's the kind of crowd that's like going to get down to like rave. They throw Shrek raves. I don't know if you know that. You can go to a Shrek rave. Well, that is a thing now. So there being a hell world rave then, not that odd. The Venn diagram is what I'm concerned about. What's a Shrek rave? It's exactly what you think. It's a Shrek themed rave. Shrek themed rave. They love the Shrek. Shrek is like a god to the Gen Z. Somebody once told me uh, about a Shrek rave. You can dress as a Fiona and you can go and you can rave. This is the first I'm hearing about this. Well, do you know about this, Dave, that Smash Mouth concerts have been taken over by Shrek heads? I am so happy to hear that because they were playing for like... And literal Shrek heads. Motorcyclists. Wait a minute. Do you mean literal Shrek heads? I'm sorry. I mean, people put on big, big Shrek masks. I mean, people get dressed up as in Shrek cosplays. Yes. No, I did not know this. This is not a thing. Oh, that's very good. Uh-huh. It's extremely good. That's like gentle minions. Je- I don't. That sounds like a sex thing. I don't. <laughs> no, people want to. They, well, maybe. It is. No, it is. Dave. Dave. It's a sex it's thing. It's a sex thing. <laughs> so speaking of sex things. <laughs> We're at this party. The party's going to kick A. There's a bunch of people there. Bunch of folks. 
Lance Henriksen pulls like them into hundreds. Him. So many extras. They did not pay any of those people because they were in Romania. Everybody was nude. Some of them wearing weird masks. The host, this character, the Lance Henriksen with an earring, we'll call him the host from here on out, is in, going to initiate the newcomers, these guys, these folks. So he picks them out. He makes them show him his their invitation. And he takes them on a little private tour and shows him all his weird curios and stuff and all his like face sculptures. So there's so much theater. The whiskey, the tarot cards, the perfume. These are all important things that he shows them. Yes. But the Leviathan house is the tour that he's giving. Now, Dave, let me ask you, because you're you're a hell world head. Is the Leviathan House or this nunnery psychiatric institution, is this supposed to be the psychiatric institution from uh, two? Yes. That's the conceit, what he's trying to sell to these kids. Do they circle back to that Sister Ursula thing? Because that seemed like they were telling lore, and I was assuming that was previous movies. They were telling lore, but not very well. This is the only part that if you didn't know it, you're like, why did they show any of this? But... I do love that his decorations are made of human skin and bones. Well, there's no texture quite like it. Leather, I guess. So he can do I, like I mean, all if his bit like from nuns to nuts and all that, all that stuff. So stupid. He's trying to impress them. Like it's it's all weird Cenobite stuff. They did it. So Henry Cavill, he sings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And that's Henry Cavill. He do. Said that. That is Henry Cavill. Yeah, Superman done said that. Superman said that. He's a gamer, you know. He runs in dark circles on the internet, that's for sure. So, yeah, so Lance Henriksen tells a story about the nun, this horrible backstory. And <laughs> Sister Ursula. Sister Ursula, he says, Only she wasn't all there. And he said, You might say she went to pieces. And it's like, I don't know if that means she literally went to pieces, Dave. Did she get cut into pieces or something? I mean, I don't know. There's lots of jars of that person. Is the point. Why with the puns? Puns are scary. You might say she was changed bit by bit, Dave. I mean, you could even say she was coming apart at the seams. One might okay. say she was all over the place. <laughs> I did like the story of when it became... One might say when she sat around the house. She, she really sat, sat <laughs> around <laughs> the house. <laughs> the Leviathan house. Which was transformed at some point into a psychiatric institution and... It was a kind of like a fever dream, this whole movie. But there was a, a story that he told in the surgery room where the surgeons dismembered each other, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's a nice touch. It's crazy. I hate to be like the last one. You know, after everybody else is already pretty well dismembered and you're like, I changed my mind, actually, now that I've seen what this is all about. Oh, man. Everybody else got dismembered really good. Yeah, now it's some fool with a... Saw in his mouth is trying to cut my leg off. It's taking forever. Told you we should have waited to cut off your hands, Jerry. Damn it. <laughs> hands last. That's the rule. Well, speaking of people getting emo in the torture room, Jake gets all depresso and he's fucking out of there. Yeah, he wasn't having it. Chelsea, who wanted nothing to do with the liquor, the perfume, the tarot cards, gets literally stabbed by the host with a pinhead pin in the arm. And it's not like... Spoiler, no spoiler. Later on in the movie, you find out a lot of this stuff didn't really happen. But that's one of the things that did happen because he called that out specifically to say, you wouldn't do this, so I had to stab you. The thing is, the other three were already, like, about to pass out, so it didn't matter what they saw. I know, but she had just been stabbed. She saw that. Yeah, well, she wasn't getting away. She was still like, I guess I'm going to stay at the party for a while. But she wasn't. She was already under underground before the party starts. 
Right. She gets stabbed with the pin and she stumbles, 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 stumbles. And then next thing she knows, she comes to and looks immediately at her arm and it was unstabbed. But in reality, at that point, by the time she looks at her arm again, she's in the box. Back into the what we think is real. Everybody gets a mask and a cell phone. Hey, who sprays perfume right at their face, though? Jake, well, there's that. Jake, I love that Jake has, uh, everybody's like, well, hey, oh, so good to see you. Like, let's hang out. And he's like, no, I hate you guys. Also, my internet girlfriend is here and we're going to meet up. He's a huge buzzkill. At every turn. And they all have their Nokia phones and uh, they're making Verizon jokes. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So everybody's got numbers on their weird white masks. So if they want to bang, they just call the number that's instead of couldn't you just like tap someone on the shoulder? Anyway, doesn't matter. If you see them from a distance, I guess, and you could still see their number. I don't know. The music's supposed to be loud. They had to push (laughs) these dang phones, baby. That's about it. Why does everyone have a phone? I figured it could have been like a text thing, but 2002, I don't think so. Baby, that's... 10 cents incoming, 25 cents outgoing per text. Those things were expensive. It's not like any time minutes. The texts were always charged. (laughs) After 9 o'clock. Yeah, no way. It is after 9, so, I mean, they're okay. But texts still cost. The thing that that concerned me about the cell phones is that they all got there. And the idea is that the cell phone mask is for anonymity. Their names are already programmed in all their phones. What you don't see is for 10 minutes, they're all like, hey, I don't remember what your number is. What is it real quick? And also none of the main characters wear the mask, but for three seconds. You can't not see Superman. You had a feeling people wanted to see that guy's grill. Even though they know you want to see Superman's face. Superman strikes out with Chelsea. Smallwood. What's the name of that place? Smallville. He hits on her. That is the most generous way to put that because he says, hey, you want to drink? And she's like, no, I'm chill. He's like, hey, like, let's hook up. And she's like, uh, maybe no. And he says, you're still holding a torch for a guy who you never had a second chance with. Get over your dead boyfriend. He's dead. Fuck me. (laughs) You'd rather wait around for a chance with your dead boyfriend or something like that? Fuck, what? You can't even get a second chance with him. What? Second chance? Did they break up? Who knows? There's no way to know. Probably because he got so obsessed it with the game. Crazies. It was a good game. Um, that is what I've heard. Allegedly. But then some other guy strikes out with her too. Like immediately. To no fanfare. And then starts striking out to like every other girl there. Jumping to the end, he's supposed to be telling them this story and that's what's scaring them and making them believe this is real. Why all that extra detail? Why is he telling Whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's like... And that creepy guy kept walking around and trying to get other girls down. The thing you have to consider is that Lance Hendricks, he has this plotted out. The host has this plotted out to, like you said, exquisite detail. He's like giving them power fantasies. It's because they digitally opened the portal to hell, but they didn't physically open it. So kind of like Freddy Krueger, he can move their subconscious as long as they were asleep. This is somehow worse than not knowing. I don't think so, because he says that the thing that he drugged them with, he was leading into their delusions, and they were so obsessed with Hellworld that that was like immediately where their mind went. But he had to know about this drug. Someone told him about it. Pinhead is, gave him this drug. No. And he doesn't think Pinhead exists. Because Pinhead is acting very uncharacteristically. Because Chelsea, who claims not to like Hellworld, is actually a big fan. And she spots it. This is not Pinhead's M.O. Because he's like getting his hands dirty and like killing people. 
with like hatchets and stuff. Here's the thing I just figured out because I was thinking, did he really throw the party? The answer is yes. He really threw the party. He drugs these people, puts them in a hole. We'll get to that later. The party continues. The party continues and ends as a normal party would. And nobody really cares about these people. They didn't know. They just go home at the end because this takes place over several days. We find out at the very end. Okay. So just getting that out of the way. Now let's move forward, assuming all things are relatively real without going too far into the future. Jake's looking for his chat room girl. Chelsea shuts down the bros and goes looking for what she thinks is Adam. While this is going on, Allison is doing a little snooping around and sees a murder chair. She sees a keep out sign and she says, Yeah, right. As if. (laughs) (laughs) They're like Cenobite fans. They play like a Cenobite game. So they're like torture chairs, leather, and uh, they're not really dressed for the occasion is my only thing. So she sees this like torture chair, says, Kids, don't try this at home. And then immediately sits down and is trapped by the torture chair. This party to this point has been at least shady enough to not sit in a torture chair. Yeah, I don't sit in torture chairs. Right? Both hands. She like lined it all the way up, man. Also, it closes. There's like four seconds. She could have easily gotten her other hand up. (laughs) It really is like three Mississippi. She gets cut up and she's like screaming for help. And then she dies off screen. I don't think this death was very bad, though. Um, the, the chair was kind of stupid looking, but he got into some more lore stuff and it sliced her. You see like blood spurting, which compared to the kills in Jason Manhattan takes Manhattan. These are all like they don't show it, though. They show the initial cut. and She's able to scream and then they look away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they cut and then they, they do blood spurts and stuff. They could have showed a lot more, I think, on this one, because it wasn't like it was PG-13. Why'd she say sugar earlier in the movie? Who knows? I will agree that that was strange. I thought the kill was okay. But I do agree that the self-censorship was strange. Because, I mean, they cut to, like, literally two people having sex on a couch. And she's like, this party kicks A. Excuse me? Excuse me? They are naked. Jake can't find his girlfriend. But after Chelsea gets trapped, Jake's walking around. And he finds the host and Adam's handmaid. Hellbox. He holds it and he gets uh, thumbnailed, I guess you could call it. I I really like that bit because he made that. He had to go through looking up how to get these gears to make the spikes go through his thumb. It was really good and it had the drug on it, of course. Who do you think made it, though? Do you think Adam made it? I think the host made it as another entry for drugs, which is extremely wild. He spent two years just learning all about Hellworld. Was he also a part of it, though? I think he's an old-ass gamer, which is why he has the earring. He didn't just rack up all those heads and dead babies in jars in two years. This is a five-year event. That's what I'm saying. Was he always a part of it? Was he always the host? Is that why his son was into it? Because they were into it? Or that's why the son was into it, because he never gets to see his dad. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. He says he's a hell world expert, and I tend to believe him, but I think just in the abstract, and I think that earring tells a story, and that earring is that I think he just likes to get down, and the hell world fan base is extremely horny, and he's just capitalizing on that in a big way. It's so horny that Superman is now off trying to find someone to bang, and he calls a number. And he's like, uh, do you want to dance? And the girl's like, no. And he's like, what, do you want to party? And she says, yes. Which means, uh, because we come to find out that 
party means uh, engage in oral sex, it does change something of the definition of a surprise party <laughs> to Henry Cavill. The most casual blowjob, both given and received in all of history. My man takes a call. She hands him the phone for him to take the call. It's a call for and help. And he's still able to just be like, nah, I'm good. Very punny. He says that Chelsea shouldn't have blown him off. And then he looks down at the girl who's blowing him off. And he's like, yeah, I truly mean that. So funny. Then he looks down. <laughs> he looks down. It was very good. I rewound it because like, I thought I was like making notes. And I'm like, this is a Buckwild scene I'm watching. And I was like, there's no way that I saw him say, you've blown it. And then look at the oral sex he is currently receiving. This movie is it's wild it should be in hell <laughs> but then the mask does that crazy mark twain looking lucifer thing jake's walking around looking at people banging on the couch and they can't see him people are bumping into him and then he sees some huge like tableau of a bunch of hanging bodies and it's got me to thinking about how hard of work is necessary for like a horror movie and people are like, oh, I don't like movies with jump scares. And I have a little bit more respect after that particular one because I think that took a lot of work to just get that two-second shot. Bro, there was like 20 Romanian boys hanging from the ceiling. That was crazy. Super cool. It was wild, and it looked really good, especially for a straight-to-DVD release. The visuals are great. But here's the problem I have with jump scares. If they're blink and you miss it, I have a very short attention span, so I blink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I had to like rewind that like eight times to just to see what he was even seeing. Right. This is where Derek has been dancing with a girl that he met, but he does have asthma and he needs to take a hit, but he drops his inhaler and does a whole fucking Tom and Jerry bit. Inhaler-based horror. I don't want to get into the trope of someone drops something and then crawls on all fours in a crowd of people. It's a Velma. That's a pretty tropey like 80s, 90s bit. Somebody drops their glasses and has to... But here it ends with Derek's inhaler being kicked down into the murder basement. Mm -hmm. Yep. Got to go down there for air, which hilariously, he has to run down like five flights of steps to get his inhaler. And I have to imagine. <laughs> and he's running the whole time. Which I have to imagine is worse <laughs> for asthma than not having your inhaler. Yeah. Can't you just like put your arms up? You could use a paper bag. <laughs> I've seen done. Bro, I don't think you need it. This is fairy dust to you now. Yeah. It, it's all in your head. It's yeah. It's battery acid. This is battery acid, you slime. You're 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 cool, my dude. You're fine. But we're not medical professionals. We should say that. That's true. I don't know nothing about nothing. Well, he's not fine for long. He does lay down. He needed to rest. In the murder surgery, he does lay down. Head not on the stretcher, conveniently. Not convenient for Derek. One clean machete swipe. This is our second beheading with a surprise finish. I thought they were surprise Romanians. <laughs> Where does this one stack up compared to Jason Takes Manhattan? I think this beheading was way better. I think a couple times in this movie, it seems like they don't have an understanding of the inner workings of the human body because it's just really pulpy. There's no like spine and things that you might wish were there in your neck. Quite a move. It's very conveniently falls into a big bowl of blood. Make some quick Derek cereal. What, Oops, all Derek's. Like, Oops, all Derek's. <laughs> you know what sucks? Derek didn't get to come back. He didn't get to make a return. Oh, uh, so at this point, uh, Jake meets uh, Sister Ursula in the attic. 
and then has um, phantom ghost sex with her. Sure. That's why I stopped playing MMORPGs. Parties and drugs and... It's too much of that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Sex with dead nuns and stuff. It's just got to be too much. Ultima Online got real heavy. So you just want to sit down and, and uh, you know, mindlessly hang out at your computer. You don't have to get involved on in all that. We get to see a little flashback of Adam. This is when we see the full extremity of what he was up to. He dug a hole and burnt himself up for some reason. We see Pinhead watching, though. So I don't know how much of the Cenobites are involved before the ending. Back into the real world, though, Chelsea calls the cops. She's stuck in a room, and she calls the cops, and the cops come, and she can see the cops outside the window. This is the odd thing in the fiction, where we find out later she's... Pinhead's involved. But she's in a hole, so she's seeing things that are not in the hole. She can't see it, but she can hear that it's happening. She's able to call the cops with the cell phone she has in her hole. Correct. She's talking to the cops. She's in the hole. She's talking to the cops. And she has this drug in her system that is making her, since she is talking to them, she believes she's still in the house. Lance has been whispering down her tube, like, you're standing standing at the window over the veranda. And she's like, I'm over the window by the veranda. And them discounting the words of her because she's... Sounded whacked out of her gourd. Hysterical, but they just assume that she's on... Definitely drugs. Probably speed on map. <laughs> Those are the two things. <laughs> it's so accurate, though. Best part, too. The cop's like, do you mind if I look around? And Lance Henriksen is like, I'd rather you didn't. Because <laughs> he says, I love <laughs> to party. Things. Is that ever... <laughs> well, first of all, has that ever worked that you say, no? <laughs> no. In a million years, no, that's never worked. Cops will be like, okay, well, let me just call real quick and get a warrant, and then you don't have to care if I do it. But then he says, well, if you don't mind my asking, why do you have such a big house? And then Lance Henriksen says, I love to party. <laughs> which should be turned into a clip for EDM music, just like DJ Breakin' now. Give me some good clips, and I'll, uh, I'll stitch them up. It'll have to be a little bit spooky, because it is the season. So Mike and the mask girl are getting freaky. They move the party downstairs to the murder basement. The cops have left at this time, and Mike gets trapped down there and eventually and comically finds Derek's dead body. When he says, Even put in Derek's clothes. Nice touch. That was like the world's dumbest line. Oh, we didn't mention also that they did tip the bit on the meat hook very early because he's touching the meat hook, and then Lance Henriksen's like, I wouldn't touch that. In that same scene, there's another line that I had to circle back to because he said, So, uh, who owns the house today? And the host says, You. And that goes totally fucking unremarked. I wonder if, like, the scenes were shown out of sequence. Well, it's a house of their making. Ah, there you go. Maybe is what he means. Okay, well, it's certainly a murder basement where people have been murdered. What if he said, it's not a house at all. You're actually buried in a hole. That would have been... Much shorter movie. They made it to the murder basement. I'm guessing that's where they all fell unconscious. They must have made it to the murder basement. But Jake didn't go with them. Because that's where she got stabbed with the pin. Then they're all in the holes. It's a good thing he can time that just right. Superman gets meat hooked. This is a pretty good kill as well. The length of time that it goes on where he swings back and forth and there's like a ton of blood splashing everywhere. Pretty good. Do you think that's a flying by foy? There was a continuity error that I noticed where he touched Derek's body and his hand was dripping with goo. And then he turns around and his hand is 
totally dry. We see that Chelsea has escaped the house, and she's made a run for it to her car, which doesn't start. And ooh, what a surprise, Lance Henderson's right behind her. Out of gas. And he says, it's like a bad horror movie, isn't it? To which I reply, yes, it is. And this is where we see a cop whose only sin was questioning it. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I'm not sure about this scene, too. Okay, so in the fiction, there's a cop outside. Does the cop outside really get killed? Because in real life, she couldn't even see a cop. Or is it just done to make her scared? I think it's a Freddy Cougar thing, and then it's to give her hope and then to ruin the hope because he's he's just torturing them. And also notice that that cop is 100% 80 yard, so I'm assuming also Romanian. Certainly Romanian. There's a couple of scenes like that, I think. There's a good but, picture uh, for the website that is mildly f- you, where there's a spike going through his mouth <laughs> and out his supple lips. Very nice look. Supple. Very good. After she gets back to the house, her and Jake are in the house. And the house is totally empty, except for a couple of new Cenobites. Empty, including each other. They don't see. They can't see each other in the house. They don't know why. This, I'm going to Dave down a second. I never do this. But they get this shot that's through the chandelier to Jake. It's like, it, so they set a camera on a chandelier. And it's made me feel like this chandelier is going to fall on Jake's head or something. Like, this is how Jake's going to go. No, they keep using that shot, though. It's like a bird's eye shot above Jake, who's on the ground floor of this foyer through a chandelier. I just figured, like, the DP got that shot, and he was like, this is great. We're using this a lot. Honestly, no idea why it's there. It feels like it's the same shot each time, like when they break away and go look at Chelsea, and then they go back to him. If it was, like, a chandelier that was shaped like a box or something, you could be like, oh, yeah, that's cool, because it's he's that's the view through the box. Or whatever. Instead, it's it's a circle. It's like a ring. There's nothing. There's no meaning to it. Unless they're just oh, hanging you know out. What it is. Oh my god! I just got it. I'm so stupid. It's a really cool shot now, guys, because it's the tube that's over his hole in the ground. That's why it's a circular ring that you can see him through. Oh right. They're trying to pull us into the meta at this point. Brilliant. Completely underrated. I take everything back that I said before. <laughs> this is a wonderful movie. He's coming back around. They try to do like a little fight club moment where they flash them trapped in the graves. Or they at least flash graves. Yeah. Well, there's like a point where Mike is hooking up with the girl and she's like throwing him around. There's like a couple of seconds where it like flashes to him. And right as like the tension is at the highest, it will like flicker quickly and they'll be in the grave. And it's kind of out of sequence too. They show Lance Hendrickson digging the graves because he had done this a long time ago. So you're led to believe he's just burying these bodies as they come. You know, like this chick died. I'm going to bury her. Superman's dead. I'm going to bury him. You know, that's the way that it's shown to us. That's what we're meant to assume, I believe. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about that decision to show it like that because then I was like, oh, we're doing a burial thing here. But I do like that they came back as Cenobites. They're like kind of Cenobite lights. like Cenolites. Cenolites, yeah, where they have some little Cenobite features. I guess you have to earn the rest of your leather. It's like uh, getting your wings. How they die is usually how it affects what they look like as Cenobites. That's why on the third one, that guy shoots CDs or whatever. He got killed with a boombox. Kind of in my head canon. The one guy gets killed in the very first movie. He loses all of his skin, but then he comes back into the world or whatever. But he hadn't completed like his like Cenobite Dark Jedi training. So he wasn't a full like leather daddy yet. He was just like a leather son. He hadn't gotten his like chains yet. 
so to speak. A leather baby. So I think, yeah, it's like a process. You get killed and that like shapes how you're going to be. I liked she had that cool vocal box. I His face was really fucked up. And I don't know how that really related to how he died, because I was hoping he was going to have a big hook or something. He lost a lot of blood. I was hoping he was going to have like the chains. They don't really fuck around with too much of the Cenobite stuff, which makes sense in the fiction because it goes to show you that it's not exactly right because it's not exactly right. Right, they're not even Cenobites. Exactly. The makeup is very good. All of the visual effects, Jake thinks he's meeting up with Chelsea and gives her a good, good stab. Well, he doesn't think he's meeting up with Chelsea. He thinks he's meeting up with a little Chatterchomp demon, but stabs Chelsea instead. Fake out, it's not really Chelsea. And then at this point, Jake starts to figure that there's something bigger going on. A lot of suspense was taken out of that scene whenever he thought he stabbed Chelsea and then immediately gets a call from Chelsea. Like, I understand the point of that to be like, who's calling? But what should have happened is he should have found her in real life and not been sure if it was really her. You know, that kind of trope. But then you wouldn't have got the good, good line where he shouts, What the fuck is going on? Who the fuck is this? Yeah. The way he answers the phone is so fucking unhinged. It's weird, for sure. (laughs) But also, their tone in this movie, all the actors' tone is a little off. Oh, they're on drugs. Yeah. This movie feels like they rewrote the script on the fly. Chelsea is having her, like, hair pulled underground by Adam or something. And Jake says, like, it's not real, you're fine, it's not real. And then as soon as she stops believing, it stops being real. And she's fine. It's basically like a reverse Tinkerbell. Or like a regular Tinkerbell, I guess. Yeah, it's a standard Tinkerbell. A standard, a Tinkerbox. (laughs) I don't think that's the one. It's more of a Twinkerbox, if I'm being, if we're being honest. Uh, The porn parody would just be like, uh, what do you think, Dave? You've given this some thought. I mean, it's called Hellraiser Hell World, so like just like Schlong Razor Dick Razor Hell World. Colon about a box. <laughs> it's the sequel to About a Boy. Dick? I don't know. Dick Razor. Peen Razor, no. Ween Razor. Cause then it's Halloween and it sounds like Razor. It's like seven. It's Bell Razor. Alright. Yep. <laughs> right? Like a bell end. Yes. Bell Razor. Hellraiser needs no porn parody because it's just... Yeah, it's basically spooky porn. A lot of uh, Clive Barker's novels are just basically smut, and I'm here for it. So at this point, then they're able to see each other. Yes, and here is the great big old reveal. We find out that the host isn't Uh just the host, it's Adam's father, Uh which I'm sure we've mentioned a couple times here, maybe four or five times. Odd that Adam never mentioned that his father was even around i guess he wasn't according to jake okay he didn't even go to the funeral he was too busy hell raising all right so there's a couple great things here yeah no there's a huge big great thing the first thing chelsea figures this stuff out she gives him a nice van damme kick down to the ground and it's pretty kick a a fucking roundhouse to end roundhouses buffy the vampire slayer-esque roundhouse wow and he and he pops up around the corner and he's like, boo. He shows the coffins to them and they all have this nice big gory hole installed. And he, you're supposed to laugh at that. Oh. I said gore, uh-huh. I said gory hole. Uh, that, well, I thought you it's said like, glory hole. It's like a glory, glory hole, but for a horror good. movie. No, uh, that's good. Yeah. 
Is it? No. Is I it? Mean, no. No, it's not. <laughs> That's okay. Lance has been doing hypnotic suggestion, whispering in these tubes at these children. Yes. He explains how it was so easy to get the gamers to come to the party. A little more work was done to get Jake there because you find out that Lance Henriksen has been has been catfishing Jake to get him there and he's like and he's like all oh, the things a young man will tell a prospective lover the myth of Lamarchand the puzzle box how world how the game itself would be the perfect weapon to do everybody in because of course you would tell a prospective lover about your MMORPG old friends who's had something to do with your friend getting obsessed with the game and killing himself. Why would you tell somebody you haven't even met in person yet all these things? Anyway, people do stranger things. Speaking of stranger things that people do, I got a nice big actual laugh, and we couldn't wait to talk about this, when he's explaining what he's able to suggest and what occurred by suggestion. Can we please put in the list of words that the host says? He says, There were freakouts, confessions, negotiations, orgasms, surrenders. And he just glosses over orgasms. Orgasms? Because... And it focuses on Henry Cavill's crotch when he says it. He hits it pretty hard, and you really need to consider that all of the guys so he's been hip- hypnotically suggesting things to them and each one of the the guys in the gang that are that are buried have all had sexual encounters i think you had said before i stopped you that he was basically having fun sex with these unsuspecting boys only the boys <laughs> he was having sweet sweet phone sex via nokia so what he's really saying though what he's really admitting to chelsea whoever will listen, is that while I was scaring you guys to death, I was making your buddies bust a nut in their jeans. (laughs) (laughs) I got got them so good. And that's how I'll get them back. (laughs) For hurting my son, I'll make them bust the nastiest They're not even going to know they're still wearing their pants when they do it. I'm going to give one guy blue balls, though. I'm going to make him think he's about to bust, but then have asthma. Then he was able to enjoy the party after that. Yeah, he buried them and went back in and partied down. And so, I mean, he did not tell that cop a lie. He did say that he just likes to party. He does like to party. Hi, I'm Dave, and I like to party. <laughs> Dave, this is like the thing in your argument where the magic has been summoned because the cops get a phantom call telling them exactly where to look. And apparently they said that they have been out here and they already investigated and didn't find anything. You didn't find these huge stove pipes sticking out of the ground. This shit is not discreet. I like to think he moved the PVC pipe <laughs> when he knew when he knew the cops were coming. He's like, ah, oh, shit. And he puts it in the shed. Probably threw a blanket over it, a tarp. They do a big to-do about how he installed the ventilation pipe so that they would take longer for them to suffer, which I guess I get, but I don't know. Truly could have just buried them alive and left. We wouldn't have needed almost none of this. They would have suffered plenty. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the oxygen would run out for a significant amount of time, even without the pipes, you know? Because then it makes more sense why he needed the cell phones to call them. But he drugged them. They might have not known they were dying because they were drugged, so he had to make it so they suffered. They all seemed to die incidentally because Mike died of pure fright. Allison died because 
she was hallucinating so badly that she'd scratched her own throat open and Derek died because he didn't have his inhaler. He didn't plan those deaths. I guess panic. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He thought it was like a, a side effect that could die. He did not plan those deaths. You think Adam's ghost called the cops. I was thinking that he called the cops because I don't think he planned to kill them. I thought he just planned to torture them and they just happened to die while they're in there. Like Sam said, why else go to all this trouble to make sure that they lived? You literally poisoned them already. Just fucking cut their throats and put them in the box and like scoot. And then there's no chance they're ever found. I don't think he called because he was busy getting drunk in a motel hiding out. But that's a reason why you would say that. But you see the ghost put the phone down or whatever. Well, also, you see it from Chelsea's perspective. I guess she's drugged. Yeah. She's drugged. She's been in a box for like three days. Here the cops have arrived and they're digging up all of the friends. And Chelsea sees all of the corpses of her several friends. And she sees Jake. He says, Oh, what a party. <laughs> disregarding that their friends are lying dead, like right next to them. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> and then Jake's still like making good on some weird flirt he made over the phone while he was hallucinating that he owes her a sunrise or something. Like, what are you talking? What are we? What is this? But yes, yeah, so now we cut to Lance Henriksen, who is tying a few on, I guess, for a job well done or a life of regret. I guess he was getting drunk in his feelings because he thought that like making these young adults bust in their pants would bring Adam back. And, you know, it kind of worked for a while or maybe it did work enough to have Adam call the police. Who knows? But he does have a real puzzle box with him. Yes, he finds a re the real one. Before this moment, does he know that the puzzle box is in there? I think Adam was digging it up. I think he burned himself alive so he wouldn't open the puzzle box. That's kind of what I thought as well. So he's mourning, I guess, either, yeah, a job well done or a job not well done. I don't know what his kind of motivation is there. But he sees the puzzle box, and it, he has kind of said at this point that he doesn't really believe in all that bullshit, that it's like a game or whatever. But then he sees the box and he, he gives it a shot, man. He cracks that thing right open. And then he gets cracked right open. Yeah, he gets trisected. Aha! That's a through line, though. That happens to a lot. Well, there is a through line. Well, there's a couple of them, I guess. But, <laughs> there's uh, a line that goes through them. <laughs> there's two lines. People get, like, chopped into three on all of them. That's, like, a thing. It's great. Hell yes. It's cool. It's dope. Big chains. Hell yes, indeed. The CG guts are very bad, bad, bad. Well, he's trying to wake himself. I need to wake up. And then Doug Bradley says, How's that for a wake-up call? He's in denial, and then he got sliced up. Now, I'm interested, because he got chopped up. What I would like to see would be if they, like, when he's in Cenobite form, if he, like, would they, like, put extensions in it and make him, like, big and tall? You know what I mean? Stretch out those PC parts. Yeah, I like Pretty that. Good. But what would be his, like, bit? Because they all have to have a cool bit. His bit's dream bit, which is why he was able to attack them in the car after he was killed. Oh, astral projection. He becomes a Freddy Krueger. Okay. I wonder if he could do... That explains that. I hadn't... Because, again, having never seen a single Hellraiser until this one, very confused. Now that he's fully killed by the Leviathan. I think before you get dragged into Cenobite Hell, you get one special scare you can do. Okay. Well, he's, he's got a scare. Jake and Chelsea have united and they're going on a shared trauma tour of the world or something. And they got over this particular recent trauma pretty quick, which is nice. Much quicker than their friend setting himself on fire. This movie just kind of kept going, didn't it? 
Nothing slowed it down. No, no, everything slowed it down. Nothing stopped it. (laughs) Yeah, nothing stopped it. We see, because at this point, I wasn't really sure if the final puzzle box scene had happened, but we see the cops show up and they see the room all covered and dripping with goo. So it seems pretty obvious that that was the thing that happened. Yeah, then roll credits. With the worst closing song. The rest of this soundtrack is so good. And this song at the end is just so bad. It was pretty bad. It um, had a certain flavor to it. That's for sure. I could have used a couple of more Cenobites, but that might have been due to budget restrictions. Pinhead was looking sharp, I'll say. We'll do who's your hero, who's your villain, and then we'll determine if it was spooky or spoopy. Uh, My hero is Lance Hendrickson for just lending his amazing acting talent to this movie. It was completely unnecessary. So good. Really elevated the situation. He made some kids feel some some good feelings before they died. (laughs) But I mean, just the actual actor. I'm just saying he made choices. Everything he did, you could tell the director was like, you do you, man. (laughs) He was going for it. I loved it. He did such a good job. For that same reason, I'll say Doug Bradley. This is based on just what you guys have said over the course of this episode, which is that the awareness that Pinhead during the Hellworld party wasn't Pinhead, it was Lance Henriksen suggesting Pinhead, and therefore him being out of character makes sense, and then you kind of get a nice bigger feel. Also like that booming voice effect they use on him. It's got a real nice ASMR feel for me. Oh yeah, you're gonna love you're gonna love this franchise. I think this movie itself is my hero because it at no point makes any concessions. They had a bunch of ideas and they said, you know what? We're going to do every single one of these fucking ideas. And I love that. This movie is like 95 minutes and the director's cut is 95 minutes. Uh-huh. Lance Henriksen came on set and he was like, hey guys, I got this earring. Can I, I'm going to be like suave. And they're like, hell yeah, bro, do it. <laughs> and everyone followed suit on that. So this movie is my hero. This is a perfect horror movie for the season. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. My villain is also this movie (laughs) and maybe just the budget of this movie, I guess, because I think what they did with this budget is pretty impressive. I think they could have maybe done two less ideas, just maybe be a party. I don't know. Other than that, yeah, this movie is very good and also very bad. My villain is the hint that this has anything to do with the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's an unnecessary plot point. We don't need that. Just go to a party. Why be a game? Why be an MMORPG? Stay alive if you want to watch a cool movie. Because that's what I thought I was going to get. It was like a stay alive where it's like you die in the game, you die in real life. This movie, without it, stay alive doesn't exist. It put on like a headset. And Cabin in the Woods is not nearly as fun without this movie. I tend to disagree. I'd like to think Stay Alive got by using almost none of the ideas in this movie. This movie had nothing to do with the game at all. That's why I'm saying Stay Alive got it right, because they said game and showed game. The game wasn't even that impressive. It didn't matter. Like I didn't care about that. You could do the exact same actors. You could do the exact same everything. They go to this party. Why don't you just do The Matrix? Mm -hmm. And you go there... They're just a bunch of greasy nerds. They go there, they put on their fucking headsets, they transform into their these people. They look at their hands. And now it's a it's a regular it's like a regular hotel, now it's a spooky hotel. That's that's how it is. Jesus what? My villain is Jake. 
That dude was just bringing the vibe down the whole time. He comes to the hell party with the girlfriend. What are you doing? What? What? <laughs> no, to find a girlfriend though, he didn't have. He didn't have a girlfriend at all. He basically came to an orgy with a date. Oh, he came, all right. Was the idea that he's the worst? He just making a hell party like just terrible. It's a bummer. Let them enjoy it. You know what? Like this movie, it's a hell party. There was like almost no weird like hell stuff. It's not like there was never a point where this was anything other than just a regular party. Do you know what I mean? There was no theming at all. There's no people in like leather or no like cage dancers or something like that. Regular party. Skip the Nokia's and masks. Infinitely <laughs> better movie. Forget that there's a game. I well, I think Nokia was paying for this baby. Yeah, all eleven hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> That being said, uh, let's get into some critical reception. This one was budgeted out, and IMDb is, I don't think these numbers are very accurate, so I'll just preface that. But this one says that it was coming in at a budget of $3 million. It was not released in theaters per se, but there is some Rotten Tomatoes information. The tomato meter says zero. That's fair. Which is not something I've ever seen before. <laughs> but the audience score was a 28%, which I have to say, I That's think criminal. is quite harsh. That's criminal. I think the movie itself, like the <laughs> plot is really stupid. And if you look at the poster, I'll throw up a link as well. But the poster looks like the fucking Matrix. So why aren't they in the game? Why doesn't this movie take place in the game and then people die? I think he answered it with your budget of three mil. I think they wanted to. I think you can make it work. How could evil goes online be this tagline? Evil goes online and then disregards the internet <laughs> entirely. Yeah, it claims three things. That it goes online, it's the newest and most horrific tale. The only thing they got right is it's the newest <laughs> whenever it came out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. I really like that. One out of three ain't bad. I got the full DVD cover, and it's pretty good. I have to say, that's a pretty good DVD cover. Ah, it says here on the DVD, though, Ein Einzigartiges Kapital in der Erfolgreichen Hellraiser Serie von Horror Meister Clive Barker mit den Cult. Yeah, absolutely. Sondered to house can tank. 92 minutes. Yeah, so that's right. They got that right. In and out, pretty smooth. This is the part we didn't say with Jason Takes Manhattan, so we can probably do a double whammy here. Not to be confused with Universal, it is a Universum film. <laughs> it actually has a pretty storied career as I'm looking now. It's got Metropolis, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm, mm-hmm. A European-based. Would you guys recommend this movie, and do you think that it is spooky or spoopy? I wouldn't recommend it, and... I don't need to qualify that. And it is not scary in the slightest. I would and have recommended this movie. This is the third time I've seen it. I absolutely love it. I don't know. I, th- I think it's just a fun, campy thing. And if, if you go into it thinking too hard, you'll hate it. But if you go into it knowing it's all ridiculous, it's a fun watch. Dave, you know me, baby. I went in with nothing and I left with less. Fair enough. I suppose. I think it's spooky, though. I think that's harsh. I agree with Dave on this one. I think it's spooky. It's got all of the parts of a good horror movie. I think the kills are good and inventive. 
I think it looks pretty fine. It was a trip for me because I recognized a lot of these actors. So, I mean, that was fun for me. It's not good. It's pretty bad story-wise, but the deaths were cool. And I would like, I enjoyed watching this with a little bit of sweet popping corn. I had plenty of fun. Pretty good time. But only because I knew I was going to get to talk about Lance Henriksen making things happen for these guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just making it happen. And admitting it. And admitting it. Why? Oh, my God. He admitted it. Bragging to it, too. He said all this stuff happened. He could have said all those things except for orgasms. And, <laughs> and it would have been like. Every time that you say orgasm, you're going to put the clip in. He was proud in each and every orgasm he gave to those young boys. He was proud of that. I won't think I would recommend this one. I think I would recommend one and two before I recommended this one. But that being said, if you nasty, check this one out. <laughs> That's a different question. It's definitely nasty. It is nasty. There's a great deal of nudity. In all of them. Yeah, it's nasty like that too. Um, but this one is particularly nasty. Okay. Do you guys have any final Hellraiser Hell World thoughts? I mean, I have so many fucking Hell World thoughts. I can't stop thinking about this flick. It's a fun movie. I don't know. I think it's definitely one everybody that, that likes Clive Barker should see. If you like this over-the-top brand, then you'll love this. You're right about that. This is a Clive Barker movie. It's pretty good. I guess at this point, we should also announce what we'll be checking out for next time. Um, let's check the dates, actually. And actually, the Hell, Hell World is based on a book and not planned as a Hellraiser film, for the record. It was based on a short story called Dark Can't Breathe by Joel Soissons. Cool. Was it about a video game still? Do you know that? I didn't know if you had the wiki up or something. I do, but it doesn't have, that one doesn't have a page. It just the movie does. So the next contender for the title of Spooky or Spoopy will be the eighth part in the Saw franchise, which is Jigsaw. I have no idea. I've seen the first Saw. I exactly. think I've seen the second one. Maybe, maybe. But it was in a room full of people. I've only seen the first one, and now Jigsaw. But you had alluded to this a little bit ago. Are we going to do a spooky or spoopy for Jason Takes Manhattan? Oh, uh, yes. Spoopy, for sure. It's not scary. That's a not recommend spoop, for sure. It's not scary. I'm, I scare easy. These guys have not scared me. The episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the TV show with the clown that had the cigars in the microwave. Oh, man. Much scarier. That was scary. The episode with the dollhouse. Oh, yeah. That one was scary. Are You Afraid of the Dark scared me a lot. Even the ones that probably weren't even really supposed to be scary. Because it was on Nick at Night. Not Nick at Night. Snick. Nickelodeon wants you to know that not all the scenes in Are You Afraid of the Dark are scary. For example, in this scene, just a boy listening to the radio. Okay, skip that. Well, right here, just a girl with a flashlight. Next, okay. Not a bit scary here with the glasses. All right, it's a little scary, but if it wasn't, you'd have no excuse to hide under the furniture. Watch Are You Afraid of the Dark every Saturday at 9.38.30 Central, only on Snick. I mean, that was a show even for kids that was on late at night. That was like one of the last things they showed. And I love that was like, that's really good energy. That's not something that happens anymore where it'd be like, all right, time for late night TV. Very cool. 
Well, I think that'll just about do us. Join us next time for Jigsaw. Watch ahead of time if that's your vibe. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our very kind patrons, Megan and Steve, for uh, contributing at that monthly level. Thank you also to, you know, the Caster crew, a Hellraiser, Hellworld. It's a great, I had a great time with this, this movie. You guys gave it your all, man, and it was cool. It was, it's cool. It's not good, but it's cool. Yeah, you did it. You did it. There's, there are so many worse movies than what you did. You guys did a good job. Let us know what you thought about this one. You can uh, head on over to nerdaplexy.com, also fleshhorse.com to um, check in with us. More fitting for these ones. If you'd like to uh, interact on a more one-to-one level, head on over to at nerdaplexypod where you interact with our social media manager, Dave. Yeah, let me know what your Cenobite power would be over at the face <laughs> of Dave. Yes. <laughs> How are you going to die? Is that what you're asking them? Is that the point? Well, yeah, kind of. How are you going to... What is What is the most likely way that you die, and how does that present itself? Or what's the buck wildest way you're going to die? Or, like, like what's your bit? I guess that's that's a good question, too. Like, what's your bit? So I think, like, if I became a Cenobite, it would probably be, like, guitar-related, you know? I, like... So it's caricatures. Have a guitar. Do you, like... Like, yeah, it'd be, like, sound stuff or something like that. It's spooky caricature. Yeah, I like that. But, like, ironic, too. It's got to be really ironic. And maybe, like, I can't talk or something, you know, or I don't have ears. Some, you know, some shit like that. I don't have enough frame of reference to come up with one. It's okay. Well, watch one and two, and then you you let me know. And four. I would be Lance Henriksen. <laughs> oh, so good. What's scarier than Lance Henriksen just showing up randomly, like, in your <laughs> in your house? Well, it's... That's me. Send what you think about what Sam should be over at his Twitter, PGH underscore SVH. I'm at PGH underscore Reed. Uh, there and also on Instagram. Uh, head on over. I've got some cool vacation pictures. You can check those out. But until we meet again, uh, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Do you think the host was all like ASL? Do you think that the extras were just paid in Nokia phones? <laughs> It's funny you think that they got paid. Is Snake on those phones? And if they were allowed to play Snake during the filming, that's payment enough, isn't it? Well, see, here's the thing. This is why it, this he didn't think this torture through because you're trapped underground. That's true. But you have a cell phone and it does have Snake on it. And that's a Nokia. Once you got bored of Snake and once the battery died, you could just use the Nokia to bust your own fucking self out of the grave. Then charge it and then call 911 because that motherfucker still works. It's fine. It's You could still make a call. I have bad service in my car on like a highway. What do you think the service was like at the Leviathan House underground? Those trees, those were actually cell towers. There was like a mesh. Part of the reason for the hole. There's some holes in this plot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's a, there are six holes in the ground with a couple of dead teens. I cannot believe he was sexting these guys. <laughs> it's very challenging stuff. He was talking dirty to him, too. It wasn't just sexting at that point. What would he have had to say? <laughs> A months-long love affair. What would he have had to say? I'm s***ing your dick right, right now, Henry. But the mask went teethy. Yeah, but my, ma- my mask is real scary. But I'm going real slow. I hand you a phone. You pick up. It's Chelsea. Chelsea totally says. Cash. You say. Chelsea says. They'll say it. 
you say I shouldn't have blown you. You say I shouldn't have blown you off, but then you look down at my head, and you're like, oh, I'm getting blown off anyway. That's the thirty minutes that cut out of this movie. You're dancing with a hot chick. You're really enjoying it. Oh, there goes your inhaler, bud. Oh, you can't get it. You're crawling on the floor. Oh man, the inhaler goes through a, like a hole, and that <laughs> hole goes right to the basement, down several floors. And you know exactly where it fell. You have great spatial relations. <laughs> I know you need that inhaler, but you're running down five flights of steps. I've got time. I'll wait. Tell me when you're at the bottom. Okay. You're going to make a right. Still rock hard, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. You, well, you can't wait to get back to that dance floor, but you need to lay down. So you do. <laughs> <laughs>